This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. It is the day before Veterans Day Parade. That is tomorrow right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And now joining us on our hotline, a man who well, I'm sure feels very good about that. His name is Dan Areda. And not only is Dan Areda a guy who I'm sure feels good about it, he's a guy who should because of his service. Dan was a stealth jet pilot in Iraq and Afghanistan and a retired Air Force colonel. Colonel Areda, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Rick, and happy Veterans Day to you and to all your listeners. I appreciate that. Now, we, we have a common friend. Tommy Thompson was one of my coaches at Nathan Hale High School, and I understand Coach coached you too. You know, Coach Tommy Thompson uh, did coach me in football, and, and we're both members of the Veterans of Foreign Wars post here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, I think you would agree with me that uh, he's just amazing an amazing man, an amazing husband, and an amazing coach. He impacted so many lives in so many positive ways. Uh, and I'm just very, very grateful to, to have him first as my coach, second uh, now as my friend, and, and also as a fellow veteran. Absolutely. And, and Coach is a veteran as well who, who spent his time, he spent a lot of time in Vietnam, and he is very proud of not only his service, but of this nation as well. And, and when I asked him to get me a couple of folks, he, he, you were the first name he brought up. And he said, you know, I think you'll be interested because he knows I'm a military airplane nut. He said, I think you'll be interested in the fact that he flew stealth pilot jets. And I said, stop it right there. I want him. <laughs> this is great. So I, I have to ask you, and I know you've been asked a billion times, what's it like crawling inside one of those stealth fighters? You know, uh, it was an amazing piece of technology for its time. And uh, even though I, I've got a little over 800 hours in that airplane, I still can't tell you how everything works to make it fly. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I first saw it, I, you know, I, I was around friends that I had known that I'd flown other airplanes with. And I went, I just don't think there's any way that thing will get in the air. So uh, the, fir- the first time I got in it and the first time uh, you, know, you pulled back on the stick and it, it went into the air, I was like, oh, my God, it works. So. <laughs> You know, and we we hear about the technology. Some of that's still proprietary and still private. Although, as you said, it's gotten a little bit older. Uh, when you first fly it, I mean, you know, you're used to flying and knowing that there's radar around and there's SAM missiles and there other people are looking for you and that kind of thing. Were you reticent about whether that really worked? How did you feel? And when you flew, flew your first combat mission in it? Well. Um... We knew from the testing uh, and from the training that it worked. Of course, uh, you know, there's always that first time that you engage in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the training, uh, the drive to complete the mission, you know, that takes over. So it's it's not about avoiding risk. It's about managing that risk. And uh, the technology, the systems, the training, and, you know, it goes all the way through to uh, the crew chiefs, the support staff, the logistics chain, uh, everybody who who makes that happen. So while – it's a single seat fighter. Uh, I never flew alone. Right. Uh, I had hundreds and thousands of people behind me, uh, both in uniform and in uh, you know civilian support jobs, um, helping us do the things that we needed to do. We're talking to, uh, to Colonel. <laughs> I love that the Colonel Oreda, uh, Oreda, pardon me, and he flew these stealth jets in Afghanistan and Iran. Uh, <laughs> Probably an odd question, but was either one of those places harder? When we hear about the mountains in Afghanistan, you see the flat areas in Iran with oil and that kind of thing. What was a more difficult mission for you? Uh, You know, all of them were difficult uh, in different ways. I think uh, the hardest part was taking care of 
all of the people around me uh, when in your command. Uh, and it's, it's something that, that I remember every Veterans Day. There's an unspoken, unwritten bond between all veterans uh, from all eras of service. And uh, knowing that shared sacrifice, that shared burden between us is something that, that fills me with a deep sense of gratitude. And it's on Veterans Day, Veterans Day weekend, where I feel uh, a deep personal need to thank all of those veterans, to thank all of my friends that I served with, and, and turn this weekend into doing something, an act of service for them, for our community, you know, whether that's uh, raking leaves at a public park or donating your time at one of our schools or, uh, you know, doing doing a show like this to express that gratitude. That's that's what I look forward to. I, I want to ask you about Veterans Day alone. I mean, we talked to Josh Starks a little earlier about it. Tulsa, of course, in the heartland loves veterans. Most of America does. But it seems special here. And we know this is one of the bigger parades in America. Why do you think that is? I, I think it's because Oklahomans, especially uh, here in the center of the country, have a deep respect for uh, fellow Americans, for our veterans, for our law enforcement, our first responders, uh, for our teachers, uh, and, and people who serve a common good. If you look across our state, um, there's people doing things for each other, for our community, for our state, our city, and our county, everywhere you go. Uh, I was just at uh, Home Depot this week, and you know, an elderly couple was uh, was parking and, and trying to load their things. And I watched a young couple stop and help them load some heavy stuff into their car. And I just thought, you know, that's the America I defended. That's that's the the state that I defended overseas. The, that concept. So, um, you know, I would encourage all Oklahomans, all Tulsans, to to keep it up. You know, uh, the world needs a little bit more Oklahoma in it right now. No, there's no doubt about that. So what is your part in the parade today? Are you watching? Are you helping? What are you doing? So I am a part of the VFW 577 post, but I'm not going to be part of the parade today. Uh, I've got some family events that we're going to uh, take part in. We're going to go uh, up and uh, do some some hunting in Nebraska. Oh. So uh, I've got my family gathered, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna fly up there today and uh, enjoy some of America and uh, some of the freedoms that we have. Are you the one flying? <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll be the one flying. So uh, that'll be you know uh, flying is still something I really really enjoy, uh, and I and I encourage everybody who uh, can partake in aviation to. Uh, to get into it. It's, it's a fantastic hobby, and it's a, a fantastic way to see our great land. Talking to Colonel Dan Oreda. He served in Iran and Afghanistan, flew F2, F-22, or pardon me, stealth fighters, F-22s. He uh, is a veteran, of course, and today we will be having the Veterans Parade in downtown Tulsa. Just a couple more minutes because I'm fascinated with this. Uh, one is before the F-22, what else did you fly? So I didn't fly the F-22. I flew the first generation of stealth fighters, oh. the F-117, the, gotcha. the Nighthawk. Uh, but I did two tours in the F-111. I did uh, two tours in the F-117, the Nighthawk. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got a, a very special gift. I got to uh, be an exchange pilot with the German Air Force and fly the Tornado Interdiction Strike Fighter with the uh, Luftwaffe in Germany. Uh, we do that to exchange experiences mm-hmm. and cultures and, and uh, you know, keep our allies, allied forces together. Wow. Okay, of all those airplanes, which is your favorite? You know, all of them are my favorite because they brought me home every night. <laughs> you know, that's a great answer, but it's a bit of a cop-out, too. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, it's a question I get asked a lot. I, I would imagine. I, I truly enjoy I truly enjoyed 
all three of them, but uh, it's a very serious business, flying fighters. No doubt. And, um, you know, bringing myself and all of my wingmen back home every night was very, very important. Uh, and I'm very proud to have done that. A couple of things before you go, and I want to go back again to a little bit of the service itself. You know, the first, you fly training, but as you said, first time there are people shooting at you, it's a different experience. Those night raids are something we saw an awful lot of, you know, back then on, on network TV and that kind of thing. Can you take us inside the cockpit on a night uh, say a night mission, what that's like, and and when you engage. Well, you know you're so busy. I, I say busy. You're intent. It's it's much more physically challenging than people think. You know, tight turns. You're pulling high G's. You're at high speed, uh, and you're up there with four or five hundred other aircraft. Uh, you know, and and while it is a big sky, you fill it with four hundred airplanes. You've got to be uh, very alert of, of where you're at. So. It's hard work, it's hard mental work, it's hard physically, and you really don't have uh, time to uh, ponder all of the impacts, I guess, or, or possible outcomes. And that really doesn't happen until after the mission, when you get back down and uh, you get back with the crew chiefs and, and you settle down, and that's kind of when all that, uh, that anxiety can kind of come to the forefront. So, oh, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, I guess, I guess it's kind of indescribable. Uh, to uh, to describe it, it uh, I, yeah, I know, get it. No, I do. I, I get that. I mean, that moment you're so busy. I'm a. This is not nothing like the same thing. But I'm a scuba instructor. And when you're underwater, the only thing you can think of is what you're doing. I don't care what else is happening in your life. I don't care what else is happening around you. The singularity of what you're doing takes over completely. So, not nearly what you're talking about. But I understand your point in that. I have to ask you this before he goes. I'm a, I, I'm a huge history fan. I'm a huge military airplane fan. Is there an aircraft out there prior, a military aircraft, prior to your service that you haven't had a chance to fly that you would have really gotten behind the stick on? I, I will freely admit this. There's actually two of them. Uh, the first one is the, uh, the British Spitfire. I would have, would have loved yeah. to have uh, flown that one. Uh, and, then, and then equal with it is the American P-51. Uh, those are two aircraft that just, uh, um, they're beautiful and um they, you know, to see them flying in, in some of our historical flights, they're just gorgeous aircraft yeah. and uh, really, really do uh, uh, think they're just very unique and special. Yeah, yeah, I, I, the Supermarine Spitfire, yeah, boy, it was the thing that helped win the war in Europe. And, and certainly the Mustang did as well with the extended vision or extended range it brought, especially to Europe, when they were able to escort those B-17s and so forth. That was, yeah, big, big planes. Well, small planes, but a big role in the war. Colonel Dan Oreda, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for your service. God bless you, sir. Travel safe to Nebraska. We hope you enjoy the hunting trip. And the good thing about this one is the other ones don't shoot back. Exactly. Thank you, sir. You betcha. That is Colonel Dan Oreda. We celebrate this uh, vet day before Veterans Day as we get ready for the parade today in downtown Tulsa. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.